Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Getting through this week. Hope it's going decently. You know, lots of complex and interesting things always happening. (laughs) Most of them these days are pandemic related. So I hope we're all, you know, keeping that in the forefront of our minds. Uh, got a great show planned for you. We're going to be talking about how to manage social media better. For those that are kind of struggling with it, there's a way to let it work for you, not against you. And uh, also going to be talking about how to kind of, uh, you know, really get a perspective on holiday time in, re- in relationship to children. Also later in the show, talking about sex positive gift giving. Interesting stuff. Um, let's talk some news. Lizzo always on the forefront of both centering black women and the importance of continuing to center and include, but also just on the body positivity. So here she is again, celebrating her beautiful, beautiful, larger body on TikTok. No shame. And that's the goal. Everyone has a right to feel comfortable and sexy and worthwhile and of value in whatever body they have. And uh, we don't need to have any shame around that, you know? And whatever you choose to do in terms of health or fitness or lack thereof is a personal decision, but everyone gets to start from just feeling like I have worth and value just because I'm a person and I exist. And we need to afford that to everyone. And Lizzo is such a forerunner and really taking it forward. Um, The body positivity world has definitely been co-opted by a lot of corporations and they're using that term for things that include counting calories and weight loss. And those things are actually very body negative. And those are centered in the idea that you always need to be trying to lose weight and your worth and value is about what your body looks like. And none of that's true. Mental health is about accepting who you are and then deciding what you want to do about that. And for many people, it's about learning to love their disabled, uh, fat, queer, non-gendered, whatever it is, kind of body and identity. So I'm here for it. Uh, Tucker Carlson, God bless this guy. He's kind of in a lot of ways, like my other peers, Morgan. I think both of them are just very problematic and kind of vile. So Fox News host, no shocker, Tucker Carlson called transgender children a nationwide epidemic on an on-air rent rent. Um, I don't know what his deal is. Let it go. It doesn't involve you. It doesn't uh, touch you. You're outside of that. No one can, no one can, no one cares about your thoughts. People of uh, marginalized, exploited identity need more care and support, not more put down, which thankfully, bump it a bum, right? If this one's Supreme Court, they've got your back. Supreme Court emphatically refuses to hear a case that was about banning trans students from locker rooms and bathrooms. You know, again, that's another fight that, um, 
a lot of people that are uh, not comfortable with uh, trans humans existing or trying to battle, not letting them into the locker rooms and the bathrooms. And again, that's really an important part of mental health is being able to use and live in the world in a way that's aligned with who you are. And so I'm really thankful that the Supreme Court's basically, this was on Monday, uh, this was last week on the 7th, they basically stepped up and said, look, we're not stepping into this, there's no case here, and I love that. And I hope that those things continue to get shut down because that starts to kind of normalize, right, and create that needed, needed, needed change. Um, love that one. Also, we're hearing a lot of doctors losing their medical licenses because they are challenging the wearing of masks. This is wild to me. The research is so robust that talks about how wearing a mask reduces the possibility of infection of COVID. Why would you wanna challenge that? But a doctor did and lost his license. Now here's why people are also panicking. So one of the ER doctors who criticized Trump based on his hospitalization for COVID and the way he's handled it before, during, and after, was basically fired. He's been removed from Walter Reed Hospital. And this is what happens. People are afraid to speak truth because they get penalized. And I keep seeing that happen. And then there's the people that are spreading lies, and luckily they're getting penalized as well. It's like, well, where do we go? <laughs> because the CDC during the Trump administration started to kind of get a little flimsy. And so there's really odd information coming out of everywhere. And that's why you have to be really thoughtful where you're getting your information from. Because you can find doctors that will definitely say, COVID's not real, you don't need to wear a mask, which is mind-boggling, right, to most of us. But that's still the world we're living in, where people's either political affiliations or... Um, I don't know what their other agenda would be if it's not. I really don't know. I don't know what would make someone come out and say that, because if you're looking at the bulk of doctors and nurses, they're coming forward. Uh, many people that I'm very close to talking openly, vulnerably, painfully about what they're going through, but also what they're seeing other people go through just as a way to remind us that this thing is a real threat looking at the numbers. So fascinating to see people penalized for the wrong reasons, happy to see them penalized for the right reasons, because we don't want to have people in the public healthcare system putting out false information, which is what Facebook and Twitter is trying to really uh, push back on and shut down, is the spreading and perpetuating of this false information, which is leading to more lives being lost. There's enough people that don't believe it. Here in LA, I was driving down the street three weeks ago to go to the supermarket, and there was people outside protesting, not wearing masks, saying COVID's not real if you don't believe it. And I thought, wow, what a misuse of mind over matter, you know? Doesn't quite work that way. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean you can say it's not real. All right, y'all, question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page. Coming up next, though, we're going to talk about social media for those that are struggling with it or hate it, but still, you can't live with it, you can't live without it, so what do you do? Well, we're going to talk about some steps you can take because things like that should be working for you, not against you. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and we're talking about social media. Oh, it's the bane of some people's existence. They say, I can't live with it, but I can't live without it. I need to take time away from it. But yet every time I look down, there it is in my hands and I'm swiping and I'm tapping and I'm looking and I'm following. It's fascinating how it's become such an unconscious process. It's like built in. I sit there and I watch, right? People walk into, this is when uh, LA had uh, outdoor areas open. I would go to this one coffee shop and I could sit very far removed from everyone. But it was interesting. They'd walk up and they'd get in line to get their coffee. And the minute they stopped motion, like their legs stopped and they were like, okay, here's where I'm standing. I'm automatically on autopilot, hand goes in a pocket, pulls out the phone and swipe, swipe, swipe. 
it's it, 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 it at any movement at any um new position that's taken right oh my coffee's ready phone goes down they get the coffee they come back they sit down phone comes right back out <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know that people are aware of it. Even when people are at home, maybe watching a movie or television, uh, they sit down, they put it on, phone comes back out. <laughs> it's fascinating. Even in conversations, mid-conversation, phone comes out. And that's why we're doing great things like phone stacking where everyone who's out to dinner puts the phones down and stacks them so we can't grab them. And it and it would actually force a consciousness, right? And that allows you to realize between the thought of I want my phone and grabbing it, is this the right time and place? And I also tell people the one thing at a time. If you're going to watch a movie, watch a movie. If you want to be on your phone, pause the movie, be on your phone. And then when you're done, put the phone down and go back to the movie. One thing at a time, we cannot multitask. It's also rude. We also miss out on experience. Um, sometimes it helps if you put your phone in another room. So it has to be an intentional use of it. And when you're done, come back, put it in another room, go in there to do what you need to do and come back. But, um, we're spending way too much time on them. And if you look at the, the clock, God bless it, which is on iPhones, you can see how much time you're spending. So point being, you don't need to go and delete them all. Although some people have been, I have a couple of friends that have just deleted their social media. Not sure how that's going for them. Hopefully positive. I know for me, it helps me feel like I'm aware of what's going on in the world. I don't always have access or time to watch the news. I look in great, I can look at great articles. Uh, I have community that's built in that way. I educate myself. I stay connected to people. I help people stay connected as well. So social media has a lot of really positive uses. Um, so the first thing is get rid of some of the apps. Sometimes it's just overload. Having Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Um, there's a few others. Oof. <laughs> Add on there your Tinder, maybe your Grinder. It's like, that's a full-time job, checking in on all those bad boys. And you'll feel the impulse too. If you have the app, you're gonna wanna know what's going on it on it. So uh, delete some of those. Kind of knot it down. You don't need all of those pages. A lot of the ones that my friends are getting rid of are Facebook. I think that's still still utilized, but less so. But don't get trapped by having so many. You know, that, that means it spreads you out. You feel like you have to participate maybe in all of them, even be posting consistently on all of them. So get rid of some. You don't need them all, truly. Um, I got rid of Snapchat. Don't miss it. I got rid of pretty much everything. You know, I really only use Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and that's generally just to educate myself. I only follow people that are producing material that's of interest to me. I don't follow any of the celebrities or any crap like that. And I also use those things to post educational pieces for others. So I think that that's, you know, it has a positive. Um, so that's the first one. Get rid of some of that. There's too much on there. Also, just be thoughtful about how you're using it. Don't be one of those people that's participating in call-out culture or being a troll. Don't take your time to go put hate on someone's page. Don't be participating in that system. Uh, lead with kindness. You know, be one of those people where you're posting things that are kind. It'll make you feel better about the use of the apps, right? It'll also just start to bring those kinds of people closer and push out the other people. We want to not normalize or make cool saying obnoxious things. I know some people do it under the guise of, oh, it's just being funny. Applying the concept of humor doesn't make something less problematic or toxic. It doesn't. That doesn't excuse it. So it's like, who cares what your motive was? It's harmful. So stop doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like impact matters, sometimes way more than intention. So, you know, try to build more positivity on your page, be more positive yourself, try to normalize and make that cool. I think it's a little too cool for people to do the opposite. So let's kind of shift that normalize. Um, also just again, taking time away. I have some clients where they build in check-in times. They do it maybe breakfast, lunch, and dinner only. They really build in those benchmarks and otherwise they kind of put it away or down because they realize that they can really get lost, lose time, not always feeling great mentally. And again, we want these things to use work for us. We don't want to have them working against us. 
their technologies. We bring to it our own intentions and that helps create what role they play and you know what position they occupy in our lives. So focus on that. I don't have these, but there's also someone talking about push notifications. I don't have those because those are a little too interruptive to me. I don't want my day interrupted by someone trying to communicate something to me or sell something to me um, or whatever it is. I want to be in control. And when I want to access things, I will open them up and reach out. Otherwise, kind of want that distance and that space. So that could be a thoughtful way to kind of water down the impact or presence it has, right? I also came upon this interesting concept that I had not really thought much of. It's called hate following. And I thought, God, I wonder if there's people hate following me where they're just not a fan of you or your work and they follow just to continue to target you. But sometimes it's just like that, you know, you see the accident and even though you know it's not gonna be good to look at, you just do it out of curiosity. And you can follow people where seeing their stuff, it makes you angry, it makes you jealous. Unfollow that, don't be that person. Only follow things that make you feel good. I say that all the time to nauseam. Only follow things where when you see them or read stuff, it makes you feel great. Uh, things that are challenging is fine, but nothing that makes you feel bad. Nothing that triggers jealousy or loss, you know? You're also allowed to um, mute people. <laughs> you don't have to. Uh, you can unfollow. You can unfriend. You can mute things. You can, on your social media, post something and remove the ability to comment or even like or to retweet. They've built in so many factors that allow you to feel more empowered and in control of the app. Take advantage of those. Those are huge. I've posted some things where I removed the ability for people to comment because you don't have a right to do whatever you want on my page. It's my page. Um, and sometimes I want to utilize it to express something and I'm not necessarily interested in everyone, every single person's thoughts about it. Here it is. You're on my page. This is what I felt I wanted to communicate. Take what you want from it and stay silent. <laughs> All right. We come back. We're going to talk more about it. Question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page. So weigh in on that. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right. We're back. As always, talking about mental health, even when I don't point out the mental health perspective, everything I talk about always has some kind of mental health thread or center point because, well, I'm a psychologist and that's what we do. Working in the field of psychology and mental health, yeah, that's what we kind of center and prioritize. But uh, we're talking about how to make social media feel better for us and also make us feel more empowered and in control. Sometimes people can feel overwhelmed. Why? Number one, they're following too many people. They have too many apps that make them all feel like they need participation. I can't imagine trying to post something always on my Twitter and my Facebook and my Snapchat. Snapchat and my Instagram and then also on my TikTok, got to make a video. Oh my God, I don't, I, I don't know where people find the time or energy or creativity to be doing this consistently. Some people, they are just pumping that stuff out. Does not sound good to me. I have no interest in that. That is way too much participation in that system. I have a life to lead outside of that. So remember, we don't have to do that. Delete some of those apps. You don't need them all, right? It's exhausting. Talked about that. Also, be very thoughtful when you're using them. Just because, I always say this just about even phone calls and text messages and emails. Just because someone emails you or text messages you or calls, you don't have to answer, nor do you need to read it or listen to it if you're not in a place where you want to welcome them into your life psychologically. Emotional and psychological self-care and boundaries and health is determining when and in what way you engage people. Just because someone texts me or emails me, I don't always open it or respond. If I'm in a place where now is not the time or I don't want to step into that, I've made people wait hours and days. I wasn't ready. That's how it goes. You have a right to set those boundaries. So same thing with social media. Just because you have a, a, an Instagram doesn't mean you have to constantly post on it. Just because you post doesn't mean you have to allow people to be able to comment. And just because someone comments doesn't mean you have to respond. 
You know, we have to take the power back. I have people that do that to me all the time. They want me to hold their hand through everything. And I'll say, look, go get my book. I wrote a book on this. Go read it. I'm not going to hold your hand through something I wrote a book on. Take, do the homework. You know, the people will just write all these comments and they want their hand held. It's like, that's exhausting. I don't even know you. I think that's the harder one. So no, I've never seen engage me or my work showing up with demands. And it's like, I don't even know you. You know what I mean? Like I get familiar with other people that comment and post and I, and they become part of the community and I'm happy to engage them. I remember names. I remember names even on the uh, DMs. I remember people's names even on the question of the night. I don't call out their name, but know that I see it and I smile going, oh, this is so-and-so. I don't know them in real time, but I have a sense of them and I always value their comments and it makes me laugh. Um, so know that know that you're humanized by me. But for people that swoop in out of nowhere, I don't know you, which means I don't necessarily care what your thoughts are. You got to kind of earn that. You know what I mean? But we get to, I'm, I'm saying this to all of you to empower you, right? This isn't about me as much as I'm using my own experience to help empower you. So we're also talking about muting things. Follow better accounts. Like I, I really had to take my account back and I thought like, I don't want to hate follow anyone, right? We talked about that following people's pages that you're not a fan of, or you don't enjoy. You don't need to know what's going on in their life. Come on, set that boundary, especially not exes. I'm friends with most of my exes and so I do follow them because they're in my life. I care about them. I love them. I will always love them. But ones where it wasn't so positive towards the end, I don't need to know what's going on in their life. I wish them the best. I hope they're happy. Sometimes I might go look and I hope they are happy. Uh, follow a bunch of things that make you feel good. Follow pages that reflect back who you want to be. Like that's really what it's about. You know, setting setting all those boundaries, big ones, small ones, but remembering that all this impacts your mental health. So constantly use that as the barometer. How am I feeling when I'm on my social media? How am I feeling when I'm on this specific person's social media? That's the test, right? Because some people get what we call burnout. I talk a lot about it with dating apps, but social media is the same way. If you're feeling frustrated and sad, nah, it's probably not the time to go on there. It might not help with that. It often makes it worse. Sometimes we need a break. Hours, days, and it's interesting when you see people's panic. When you say, take a break for the day, and they're like, oh my God, not be on my phone or the apps? Yeah, imagine that. Because <laughs> we used to live like that. Believe it or not, there was a time when we didn't have cell phones. Only a landline, had to call. Didn't even have caller ID. That was exciting when we got that. That to me was like, whoa, technology, caller ID. All right, you know, space age time stuff. Um, but there's a time when you had to be home to get a hold of people. Somehow, magically, if the phone line was busy or people weren't home, we still got things done. You didn't have, you know, all sorts of people, friends, bosses, people you're dating constantly blowing you up. We got everything done we needed to get done, y'all. We don't need to constantly be available. We've normalized that. Let's not, let's de-normalize that, you know? So don't feel bad about not following everyone's account. I've had some friends, uh, God bless them. I don't know how they figured this stuff out. I hate that there's apps to do this, but they'll say, why don't you follow me? It's like, do you really want to talk about it? Because we can. And here's the reason. You post things that aren't healthy for me. You're posting all these shirtless gym pictures. I don't, I'm not interested in engaging that part of you. I'm not interested in having that trigger a sense of, well, how am I feeling? Have I been working out? What do I look like? What have I been eating? I don't want to step into that mess. Why? I'm body positive. I don't care. I move my body. I eat what feels right to me. And whatever my body looks like after that is what it looks like. And that's what you get. That's what the world gets. That's what my, my, um, my plus one gets. That's what's up. And I don't need to see people's before and after photos and all that like that to me is not mentally healthy. You know, I'm someone who's also trying to not take on disordered eating and body dysmorphia because I have that in my story as well. It's hard to be a part of our culture and not, you know, and part of us moving away from that is looking at social media. So I will continue to talk more about it to make sure it's getting through your heads. <laughs> it's because I care. It's because I care. 
Uh, all right, y'all, question of the night up on our Loveline IG page and the stories weigh in on that. Coming up next, we're going to be uh, sliding in those DMs and then talking about holidays and the kids because I'm getting you all prepared for what's coming. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. Ah, uh, did we talk about this? Bhutan decriminalized the same-sex relationships. <laughs> if we did, let me add this other tagline to this article. I'm always tracking the different changes around gender, sex, in different states, cities, countries, uh, continents. Uh, I love this headline, though. Uh, Bhutan recognizes, now they're saying they finally recognize the existence of homosexuality. Well, welcome to the world. <laughs> uh, it was funny when you hear people like Putin over in Russia say things like, we have no homosexuals here. Well, that is statistically both, well, that's statistically impossible. And uh, the gay people that live there <laughs> can speak for themselves who are horror. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys are aware. And I was talking about Welcome to Chechnya, which is a heartbreaking documentary about um, the genocide of gay people in Russia. They are murdered literally in the streets. We have so much work to do, which is why I'm always pushing back on homophobia, calling it out. So much work to do. Bhutan is now finally in 2020 uh, decriminalizing same-sex relationships. So it's no longer criminal. They didn't legalize, they decriminalized. <sighs> so much to do. Imagine just not being able to live your life the way you are. Imagine just not being able to get married and because you're in love. It's so heartbreaking. I think uh, a lot of people take those kinds of things for granted here in America, right? We have more rights at times. Uh, also heterosexual people thinking, eh, marriage, eh. Um, but for a lot of people, it's a big deal because they've never had it, right? It's now, it's profound. I think that's why some gay people get married is um, it's been fought for. You know, and it's a way to just legitimize whether they're interested or not. They want to take advantage of a right. Just occupying that space and getting married is such a radical act. All right, y'all, time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world. We want you to explore with confidence. Here's our question. An old friend who's married and has a family is now reaching out to me. Okay, so that's like dead stop right there type of family. Peace. Uh, he must have seen my separation status on my Facebook. I really enjoy speaking with him, but I don't want to engage in breaking up a home. Good. Don't. You should stop talking now. I, I can't imagine the conversations are just <clears throat> catching up about whatever. I had been cheated on, so I understand. And I asked him to mention our friendship to his wife. Is that fair to ask? I don't want to cause any problems. Um, I mean, look, his integrity is on the line and so is yours. Uh, I don't agree with people that are like, well, you know, I'm single and, and they're not and that's up to them if they're okay cheating. No, you are, you're complicit in that. You are a part of that. You are an accomplice. Healthy sex is sex where no one's harmed. Ethical sex is sex where no one's harmed. And if you're flirting, sexing, romancing is part of creating a situation that could harm his family, then you've, you've caused harm. Without you, no harm exists. You are your involvement is necessary for the harm to exist and occur. So shut that down. Uh, go out, go online, find other people. You can go online and find tons of people that would love to sex you, flirt with you, eroticize, romance, date, relationship, maybe married. You know, but uh, let this person be a part of their family. Um, however, I do think friendship is awesome and maybe it is legit just friendship. And if it is just friendship, well then no, he does not need permission. He's an adult. Adults don't need to get permission to have friendships, but just check in on the truth of that. If you are truly friends and all's well, keep talking. Friendships are good. They're healthy. If you are lying though and telling me it is not friendship and it's flirtatious, well then shut it down. And the best way to know is, would you talk to your other friends the way you talk to this person? If the answer is no, then it's a special relationship, and that's risky. 
So you have to really check in with your ethics and really be honest about the intent and the impact of what's happening. Because again, healthy and ethical sex do not harm anyone. And you just don't want to because of your own self-esteem and self-worth to be part of maintaining a system where someone's hurt. That's not why we have these things. Um, so anyway, I appreciate your question. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> uh, I know we're all lonely. I know we're all bored, especially if you're newly out of a relationship. But again, I'm working with tons of people that are desperate for love, care, and attention. And there's a lot of people online. All of those people online are looking for that. Go where it's needed. Go where it's sought out. Go where it's ethical, you know? So get online. That's what I heard. <laughs> All right, y'all. Question of the night is up on our Loveline IG page, and the story's weighing on that. Coming up next, we're going to talk about how to tackle and discuss the holidays if you have kids, and also sex-positive gifts. That's right. That's some interesting thing to think about. We still got time if you're a gift giver for the holidays. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Curris on the new channel Q and Radio.com. All right, holiday time, it's coming. I know that puts some fear in some people. It puts excitement on other people's faces. So we're going to talk about how to do it in relationship to the kids. But before I get to that, I want to just circle back to something we talked about. I think it was last week. And remind you that it's supposed to be fun. It's a holiday. Everyone needs to chill out. It doesn't have to happen. We can go one year without it. It can happen in a different way. It can happen to a different extent. It can be more remote. It's supposed to be fun. And if you're making it complicated and it doesn't feel fun, either change your attitude, change the way you're thinking about it, or just don't do it. But don't make yourself and everyone around you miserable because you aren't willing to just focus on the fun and joy that it's meant to bring. It's okay if the table's not set the right way. It's okay if the decorations aren't done in the way they let it go. It's going to be okay. <laughs> like I have to remember patients in my practice of that. They're so panicked of how am I going to pull it all off? You don't have to. You don't have to. You can say to everyone, different this year, canceled this year, more creative and casual this year. We're all just going to be in our pajama jammy jams, drinking hot cocoa, singing some Christmas songs, and there you got it. Getting a pizza delivered, calling it a day. Because it's, it was never meant to be about the gifts. It was never meant to be about spending more money than you can afford on the food. It was never meant to be about stressing yourself out about the decorations. Don't do that to yourself. And please don't do that to other people. You get to be part of saying to someone, you know what? It sounds like this is very overwhelming for you. Let's not do it this year. Let's not exchange gifts. Let's do it differently. Let's do it earlier. Let's hold off till next year and go bigger. You know, you can remind people it's okay because there's a lot of people and they are run down. They are tired. They're worried about finances, all sorts of things. And some of them just don't want to have people come over. And there's people that are still expecting to come over, which by the way, not safe. Period. End of story. Not safe to travel. In fact, please do not travel. Please, someone in your family say, we're not traveling this year. No one from outside the home is coming in and vice versa. Now, as far as kids are concerned, they follow your lead. You set the tone. So if you're already loading this upcoming holiday with it's stressful, it's not going to be fun, we're bummed out, guess what? That's how they'll see it. And the holidays, if you have kids, it's more for them. So center them. Tell them it's going to be different, but it's still fun. Difference doesn't mean broken, bad, or canceled. Different means creative, and that can be exciting. Maybe even say to them, what do you want to do? Because Christmas can look however you want it to look. And they might say, let's sleep in, wear our pajamas, eat pizza, and watch a bad Hallmark movie. Awesome. Done. You know what I mean? There's so many ways to do it.
Now, if you have real young ones, they don't know any different and they're not going to remember and they don't care. <laughs> if your children are young enough, it's just another day. And if they're a little bit older and they're aware of Christmas, what has been, what will be, they still won't notice some of the changes. Maybe ask them, hey, what's most meaningful or important to you about Christmas? What is the funnest part about it? And zero in on that part. I'll bet you they won't say, making sure all the nice china's out and matches and all the right forks. They do not care about things like that. You know what I mean? Focus on the fun and joy right? The younger they are, they don't know. The older, yeah, stick with some of the routines. There's some really cute routines. And those are usually things like maybe making cookies, still doable. Listening to the music, still doable. Decorating and a tree, still doable. You can still go through a lot of the routines. You can, we used to always make them together. Great, have grandma and grandpa make them via Zoom or FaceTime where they are. Let kids know, hey, sometimes we can't always be present physically, but that doesn't mean we're not still present with love. You're starting to let them know that distance doesn't have to mean it's a bad thing. You're normalizing. We don't know what's coming next. Normalize that difference isn't bad, right? So that's the first one right, is just going with some of the routines that are important, letting go of the things that aren't. And, and, and that's kind of what it's supposed to be. It doesn't have to be and should not be a big stressor and a big panic. Why? We got a lot on our plates as it is. <laughs> and maybe take off the expectations that the adults have because the adults should be a little more robust and, and a little more flexible. And they should be the ones that can understand, hey, gift giving not going to happen, or we're going to start earlier, or it's going to be more casual. So I expect more from the adults, but the children, you know, they're a little more rigid. Um, the older ones, the older, younger ones, right? In that, in that not, you know, old enough to know, but young enough to still, that's, that's the group we're talking about. And I want us to still be able to participate in life, right? But, but we don't know, because remember, I was reading an article and this was really meaningful to me. The vaccine is not a cure-all. When we finally have access to the vaccine, people that aren't high risk, people that are not frontline workers, when the rest of us finally get access, it will take time before all of us get it. There's going to be working through those that won't get it, thereby keeping the risk alive with those that haven't and won't. Also not knowing if we can still pass it along with the vaccine. It's not a cure-all. It's like the masks. Masks are not, the, wearing a mask does not make it zero. It just reduces significantly. It depends on who's wearing it, the infected person or the non-infected, how close they are, how much time they spend together. Vaccines are not a cure-all. It's not like it gets out, everyone gets it, we're done. Some people are not planning on getting it at all. Are you going to know who those people are? So we're going to be maybe engaged in changing cultural norms and routines for a while. So we all got to kind of settle into that. You know, I don't know when we're all going back to school. The vaccine might not be getting to us until next summer. And how long does it take for everyone to get in line and get it? We got a, we got a lot ahead of us. I ramble. All right, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about sex positive gifts for your sex positive friends, right? That's some real love line right there. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, you got a gift to give and you got someone who's hard to give to. And maybe they're, you know, one of your more open-minded, creative, sex-positive friends. So what are some sex-positive holiday gifts that aren't necessarily sex toys? Which, by the way, let me take a moment to speak to that. Not everyone is comfortable or willing to purchase a sex toy. I think it can be a phenomenal gift. Be very thoughtful about who you give it to and also where it's given. Some people are a little uncomfortable opening such a thing. I've seen some <laughs> horror stories where someone was really embarrassed, which just speaks to the need for us to continue to normalize sex so that people aren't made uncomfortable when they open a sex toy gift, 
what are you uncomfortable about recognizing in front of everyone that you are a sexual being? Should be no shame in that. Unfortunately, there still is. So be thoughtful about that part. And also, not everyone's able or willing to spend the money. You know, the more you spend on a sex toy, unfortunately, the better it tends to be. The cheaper ones are cheap for a reason. They don't always have safe materials. You're putting something at times in your body. The material matters. Some things can break. They can have small, sharp edges, which can create internal micro abrasions and tears. Not good. Also, some materials won't last long. They can degrade, especially if you're sharing, I'm sorry, especially if you're storing sex toys together. Some materials are not made to be next to the same material or certain ones. You have to keep them separate. You have to be thoughtful about the lube you use. So some people aren't interested or willing to go out and figure all this out or spend the money. But I think the purchase of a sex toy is just a sign that sexuality is important to you. It's being sex positive, body positive, saying my pleasure matters, my self-care matters. Uh, Sex is a stunning form of self-care and self-soothing. It's a great coping mechanism. And so giving a sex toy to someone could be a really beautiful thing, especially if it's a partner, because you can share it and use it together. Give it to a friend because it's something that they haven't ever prioritized. Or some people just aren't willing to spend it on themselves because of self-esteem. They're like, hmm, sounds great. I'm a little anxious. It's nothing I'd ever buy for myself, but I'm happy to have. So think about that. The, the designs are endless. There are things that don't even look like a sex toy. They're just stunningly designed in terms of their architecture, their shape, the material. But do be thoughtful. Uh, go to reputable sites and reputable places because again the material matters those are not regulated they're not regulated it's this odd gray area that's allowed to just kind of operate on its own and uh as always please do not just grab random household objects okay so what are you going to give to your friend who's a sex positive person first off is polls i know that people are like what yes some people they get those polls and they use pole dancing for exercise for sexuality some people it's even their job they sell pole dancing videos you can get custom pole dance videos i have some friends where you can pay and they will make you a pole dance for whatever your favorite song is they're uh exotic adult dancers strippers and you say here here's my jam and they'll make a dance video for you for it what a great gift to give someone i think that's amazing i hope someone gives me that uh my song i would love to, uh, the person to dance to would be pour some sugar on me by def leopard and the dancer can be male female non-binary non-gendered i don't care i like all genders and that's a hot song so uh if you want to send dr d that gift thank you also And again, I'm not paid to promote these objects or products, so I cannot speak to the worth, quality, or integrity of the company. There's also condom and lube subscription services where they'll constantly send you all these different personal care staples. That's kind of cool. And they package it cool. Uh, interesting design, thin, ribbed, some lubes that heat up, some that have a smell or a taste so you can get it in your mouth. That's amazing. And one of the brands is called CHAP. Chap lube and condom subscription. That's awesome. Like I said, custom pole dance videos. Um, that's phenomenal. Also CBD. Yup, that's right. The cannabis biz getting into uh, lubes and whatnot. There's a lot of people that are fierce advocate, uh, fierce advocates of this. Um, you know, again, whether you're in a relationship, flying solo, whatever it is, uh, CBD can add some fun to sex. And this is something that can be in bath bombs, lotions, uh, lubes. There's also some DIY do-it-yourself lube recipes, but think about folding CBD in there. Send someone a little gift based on that. Um, also cool mugs and shirts about female sexual empowerment, uh, black bodies, fat bodies and desirability, a lot of really rad uh, local sex worker objects. Uh, so you gotta do some Googling, um, but these things are phenomenal. I'm just looking at some of these t-shirts. These are amazing, all rooted in body positivity, sex positivity, 
female empowerment. You know, wearing some of these t-shirts is a really great way to make your politics kind of like a, a form of billboard. You're you're really normalizing just by wearing some of these t-shirts out in public saying, I stand for these things. I'm holding space for them. I'm also building community. I'm also getting conversation started. So many different meaningful things can come from wearing some of these products and t-shirts. And there's so many, I have a whole bunch. I love taking pictures in them. Um, what are some other things? Uh, there's always like some of the interesting outfits, lingerie and things like that. Some dress up costumes and things like that. Um, I'm looking here at some, uh, hosiery. This is a black owned business. Um, it's called Cara, C-A-R-R-A, and it's made for all genders. In fact, I'm looking at a photo shoot where it, uh, features men wearing the hosiery. It's actually kind of rad. They're not necessarily wearing it in a sexual erotic based way. They're wearing it more in a fashion forward way. That's pretty cool. Can't go wrong with that. Also something called faux pads. And these are kind of things that you put down on your bed, uh, for body fluids and liquids. I mean, come on, that's kind of rad. Um, different uh masks that have sexual connotations to it love that uh also purchasing for someone i love this a subscription to porn sites you know it's another way to kind of bring a little more sexuality into their life sorry i'm flipping through this i'm loving some of this but again i guess the final line is though be thoughtful about who you give it to it can make people uncomfortable um, it can trigger some people's trauma. So maybe ask, say, hey, would you be open to something more on the erotic side? And uh, if you know them and feel comfortable that they would, just again, be thoughtful about when you give it to them, maybe where it's sent, because you want to honor people's privacy. Uh, not everyone is out in terms of their kinkiness or whatever they are interested in sexually. So just be always thoughtful about that. Sexual health matters. Mental health always matters too. So, all right, y'all, coming up next, question of the night. As always, that's on our Loveline IG page in the stories. And uh, then we'll be closing out the show with some DMs, uh, Loveline past episodes. Go to wearechannelq.com. You can also check out my live stream show, I'm Listening Live, and that's on all the radio.com handles. And that airs live on Thursday nights, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And you can check out those past episodes, expert celebrities talking about self-care, mental health, on the radio.com handles at their YouTube, Twitter, and uh, Facebook page. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back. And uh, before we get to question of the night, I want to talk again about seasonal depression, seasonal affective disorder. So basically what it's saying is that due to the seasons, the uh, how late it stays light, how soon the sun goes down, how dark it is, how cold it might be, it starts to lead many people into depression. Um, and so, you know, we're both in a pandemic, right? And the days are getting shorter. It's darker. We can't go out. We might can't go for maybe those walks or whatever it is. So some people are wondering, um, do I have seasonal affective, right? So we want to know the difference or between that and also, is it just pandemic related? So a couple of things to think about. Um, you want, it, it's more about ongoing patterns and habits. And so with a lot of mental health, it's about tracking that. And you can do that in a journal. You know, is it is it pretty consistent that every season around the time that the, the clock changes, that I start to feel a little lower mood and depressed? And you can ask loved ones. Loved ones and friends are a really great barometer for that. But if you feel persistent sadness through the winter months, um, you know, some hopelessness, some helplessness, some sadness, if your appetite has changed, right? Changing in eating patterns, um, 
could be a sign of that. Uh, also, what we call anhedonia, which means you have less less pleasure around the same things that used to give you pleasure. So basically, whatever used to make you happy now kind of doesn't feel as enjoyable or excitable. Um, you're tired all the time, even if you're getting enough sleep. You're maybe a little more cranky, a little more short of fuse, a little more irritable. Concentration, can't concentrate. You know, but again, this is out of the norm, right? And again, it's related to it getting darker sooner and being colder out. That's the correlation, you know? Otherwise, it could just be due to the pandemic, I don't mean just, or just normal other life events. Um, and with seasonal effective, it's difficult because it's due to the seasons, right? And that just is, and we can't we can't change the season. Some people do relocate due to that, but basically more sunlight's needed. So during the day, try to get outside and go for you know about an hour. Get out there. Um, that will help creating a sleep schedule. Going to bed earlier and getting up earlier, so you're actually kind of getting as close to uh, daytime hours as much as possible to participate fully in them. Right? You're not staying up late. You're not you know staying up late and getting up late. You're getting that bright early morning sun. Exercise is phenomenal. Moving your body. Moving your body is important for a lot of things. That's why I talk about moving our bodies every day in some form. Dance, exercise, stretching, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Um, making sure you're looking at the foods and also just finally staying connected to people. Again, there's something so powerful about our mental health. We have a lot of socialization around us. It really, really, really is truly nourishing. And we tend to undervalue that. We really, really do. Um, again, before I can really assess someone's mood, to see what's going on and diagnose. You have to look at their sleep. You have to look at um, their sleep, uh, their movement, right? Are you moving your body? What are you eating? Are you getting enough sleep? Because all those factors really matter. And uh, right now we're over-utilizing some really problematic coping mechanisms. And that's also part of it too. Some people, it's that you're hungover. Some people, it's that you have an after effect of the drugs you're using. Uh, maybe it's a sugar hangover. Because a lot of people right now are eating a lot of high sugar foods. They are drinking large quantities of alcohol. They're using a lot of drugs because they're sad, they're lonely, they're tired, they have the downtime, they're not working. So check in on that too. It's It could just be some of that. And you need to kind of decrease that, limit that, or take a break. All right, time for question of the night. Question night said, in less than three words, <laughs> I don't think I could do anything in less than three words. How would you describe 2020? That I think I could do. <laughs> what did y'all say though? Uh, first person said, the effing worst. <laughs> that we got from a few different people. <laughs> a lot of people threw the F word in there. <laughs> God bless it, I get it though, right? We talked uh, yesterday's show. Uh, 20 years, lowest lowest rate of mental health right now. Anyway, question tonight, three words. How would you describe 2020? Someone else said, is it over? I know, soon. But next year, beginning of next year, it's gonna look a lot like this year. New year begins on January 1. That is our socially agreed upon new start date, but that doesn't mean that the world's restarting itself. Again, question tonight in less than three words, how would you describe 2020? Someone else said, I'm tired. Less than three words, that works. Uh, got a whole bunch of those as well. So a lot of people dropping the F-bomb and a lot of people just saying, I'm tired. I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm burnt out, I'm overloaded. I get it. Somebody else just, Someone else just said, sucks. One word. <laughs> I know, I know. It hasn't been ideal for a lot of people. Somebody else said, oh, I like this one. Someone else said, racist, COVID, and exhausted. Bam, that's the trifecta. Yeah, Black Lives Matter has really brought to the forefront the racism in our culture. COVID has been 
flaring and exhaustion just abounds and is woven into everything. Three words or less, how do you describe 2020? Someone else said accountability. Bam, I love that. That is one of the benefits of what has come out of this year. A lot more accountability. We're calling things out. We're making changes. We're dismantling problematic systems. Someone else said checked out. I know. Another person said in less than three words how they describe 2020. They said ready for Biden. I know. I am as well. The Trump administration needs to just go away. They just won't. Oh, my God. They're still trying to sue. Go away. <laughs> can that inauguration, can January 20th just hurry up and come? I'm already calling Biden the president. I'm not saying president-elect. I'm calling him the president already. And finally, someone said it didn't count. I know. I know. It's a lot of people are saying that <laughs> like this year just doesn't count. All right, we got to go. Coming up next, we are going to be doing some DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back. And uh, before we get to the good old DM, I want to just talk about this. I love this. Uh, there's a lot of things going on this year, a lot of changes around drug policy. And one of them is, excuse me, really normalizing what we call harm reduction. Not everyone wants to get sober. Uh, some people, it's about using drugs in a safer way. Others, it's about decreasing their use. For some, it's about taking breaks. But not everyone's interested uh, in getting off them completely or not using them. Uh, people use them for recreation. People use them for sex. People use them for um, healing. Some of them use it for transformation. Other people for exploration. So many different ways to use it. Uh, New York State has launched a 24-hour hotline for people using drugs alone. Basically, what it's saying is, or pointing out, is that drug use, when on your own, is very dangerous. There's no one there to help you if you overdose or something goes wrong. And a lot of people are saying, well, then just don't use. And it's like, well, that's not that's not really what we can expect from every single person. Some people do have addiction, and for them just saying stop using isn't really realistic, and it's gonna be a longer journey for them. Some people will live their lives addicted. Some people will live their lives going back and forth constantly from sobriety to addiction, and other people, they wanna use drugs as an adult. They have that right. They just wanna use it in the safest way possible, and this is one of those ways. We need to meet people where they're at. That's why I love the harm reduction model. Our goal should just be to remove harm as much as possible to the best way we can. Not everyone has to get sober, and not everyone wants to. So basically, this is a hotline with volunteers. It's open 24 hours, seven days a week, and you can call them when you're about to use or while using, and they can check in and say, do you need help? Are you breathing? Are you conscious? Are you okay? I know a lot of people, it's very controversial, but these these prove to work. They say it saves lives. These people are going to use drugs anyway. It's better that they have access to safe needles. It's better that they have access to information to understand what not to mix. And it's great that they have a resource that no one's going to um, do anything but support them. They're not going to judge. And they're going to say, we want to make sure if you're going to use that you can do it in the best way. So basically the whole message is never use alone. And um I love that. So hopefully other cities will put things like that in place. Uh, we got to meet people where they're at. All right, y'all, it is now time for the DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Find the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world. And we want you to explore it with confidence. Here we go. Hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Steph, and I'm only 16, but I really love listening to your show. I've been dressing like a boy for as long as I can remember. I'm attracted to girls and never had a boyfriend, but all of my friends are boys as well. My parents are very loving and supportive, but when I talk about possibly transitioning when I'm 18, they say I'm too young to make that decision and that I should wait until after college to figure that out. But I know I'm ready now. Is there a way you can know for sure? No. I mean, that's the thing about uh, gender 
is uh, it's a journey, and so is sexual orientation. We, again, land on a gender choice, guys, girls, in between, nothing, whatever it is, non-binary, and we think that that's the end of it. It's like, no, it's a wide-open system, and we're always learning about ourselves, and gender has that possibility as well. Uh, a lot of people, through watching others, have started to identify based on what they saw as possible, and they go on that journey, and some people, it, it shifts around. So I think 18 is a by far an appropriate age to start to make some decisions about how you want to live in the world. It matters for your mental health, you know? But no, there's no one way to 100% know um, who you are in terms of gender other than asking yourself. Uh, but I would say it might make your parents feel better if you maybe had a therapist with you to really do that exploration. Um, a lot of parents, understandably, want to support their children in making the best decisions for themselves. And for some parents, this is a really triggering one. But gender isn't a permanent decision. I know that physical transformation that involves surgery can be more permanent. And so we do want to think deeply about that because it has risks. It's expensive. Uh, not all those alterations can be taken away. But they matter for people's mental health to have the presentation in its totality, not just clothing, but also your body and anatomy aligned with who you are. And so that matters. So just let them go on the journey. A lot of times you've had all, you know, you're 16, you've had a lot of years to be with yourself, to think, to explore. I don't know how long they've known, but they might need more time. They need to do some research, maybe provide some resources for them. Maybe also recommend that maybe they can talk to a therapist to better understand. Maybe you can all go together in family therapy because if they're shutting it down, how they feel is going to impact how safe you feel at home before, during, after. So family therapy could be a good idea. Uh, individual therapy, send them some resources. But to answer your question specifically, no, there's no way to know other than you exploring and, and, and spending time with yourself and saying, who am I? Um, that's what a lot of people are doing in a lot of different areas. Sexual orientation, right? Gender expression, career, relationship. These things are, are ever-present and ongoing. I don't think we ever land. I don't necessarily believe in an authentic, solid self. I think we're ever-changing based on experiences, relationships, contexts. It's a journey. All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow talking about when it's time to leave a relationship and also talking about some self-regulation skills. Question of the Night is up on our Loveline IG page in the stories. Thanks for hanging out, y'all. You can check out past episodes of Loveline at wearechannelq.com. Have a beautiful rest of your night.